Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. All right, good morning. I'm going to share with you the focus of this class, and uh, I typically focus on the ways in which we suffer, which is kind of a strange focus, but we suffer. Life is suffering, if you haven't noticed. And if you haven't noticed that, you want to notice that as quickly as you can, because life is suffering. We suffer. And the idea is perhaps through practice, we can suffer less. And so that's the focus of my teaching, ultimately. Pinpoint, uh, identify, articulate, showcase the ways, the unique ways in which we suffer, and ideally counter that with practices that support some semblance of healing. And so this morning I'm going to share with you what's up on the boards. And I, I, I enjoy using whiteboards. <laughs> it's the ways in which I can solve problems for me. And that's unique. Uh, it's a unique approach I've uh, had for many years. And uh, some people like visuals, and so I do. And so this is my way of showing or giving you a window in to my teaching and my own process. So the focus of this class is on hips. There's plenty that we hold in the hips. Some experiences that we hold in the hips are up on the board. So the left hip, sadness and disappointment. Hmm, sound familiar? Of course. Sadness and disappointment work off of each other. And they can be all encompassing. So much so that's all we are. That can happen. The right side is compulsion and codependency. So the ways in which we coerce ourselves, compulsion, and how we com attempt to coerce others into doing things. And it's a forceful practice. We can be forceful. We can be forceful towards ourselves. We certainly can be forceful outside of ourselves towards other people. And we can become codependent, not only on this practice, compulsion and coercion and being forceful. We can, go, we can become codependent on other people to do things for us. I don't want to do this. You do it. And if you don't, I'll be disappointed. Disappointed in you, disappointed in the results, I'm disappointed. And that's the focus that I want to call in or uh, speak about this morning is how we use, how we weaponize disappointment. And it's very interesting how we can do that. We can weaponize disappointment and there's many ways in which we do that. And if you've ever been disappointed, it's a troubling experience. And if you've ever spent time with somebody that's disappointed, it's a very troubling experience. It's very awkward and it's incredibly uncomfortable. And there's no winning typically in that because there's a significant sacrifice that somebody has to make. And typically the person that's disappointed will not sacrifice what they have to to uh, solve the problem that they have of being disappoint being disappointed. It's typically coerced out of somebody else. I'm disappointed, so you make it right and do it as quickly as you can. Otherwise, I'll stay disappointed and share with you how disappointed I am. <laughs> and it's trickery. There's a semblance of trickery attached to this. And it's weaponized so we can get what we want, all the while staying the same. And 
forcing other people to change. And what ends up happening is we get to stay right. We get to stay right in all of that and never dance in the realm of being wrong. And this is another element to this conversation, your relationship to being wrong. We don't like being wrong. We like to be right. And we can hide behind our disappointment to stay right and never be wrong. We'll just make everybody else wrong <laughs> and everything else wrong so we can be right. And so that's the focus of this conversation because it's relevant to hips and how I'm going to teach this class. And ideally through this class, you explore your relationship to disappointment and where it actually takes you. Where it takes you is into sadness and despair and hopelessness and all of those experiences that are unpleasant. So up on the board, I am right. That's the first heading. Mm. And we love being right. I love being right. It feels so good, doesn't it? <laughs> to be right. <laughs> the recognition of my own inadequacy is the very thing that keeps me hiding. And so knowing that you're inadequate, we all know that we're inadequate. That's perceptions that we have, perspectives, beliefs, presuppositions, whatever you want to call them, that we're inadequate and we hide behind that. How is a person such as me, flawed and wrong as I am, supposed to live in this world? Very difficult to live in the world knowing that we are inadequate and wrong. And we believe that in our own specific way. I can't, therefore I can never be wrong. If I'm always right, I can never be challenged. So I have to be right all of the time. And if I'm right, I'm never wrong. It means you're wrong. And so I'll challenge you. You can never challenge me because I'm right. And don't ever forget that. And it's the ways in which we can posture ourselves in relationship. The righteous one. Never the wrong one. Oh, and we can fight to the death. Have you ever argued, have you ever argued with somebody? Ha <laughs> <laughs> postured to be right <clears throat> do and say terrible things just to be right <laughs> torture people <laughs> dishes all sorts of things sure yeah <laughs> i refuse to allow my vulnerabilities to be exposed out of fear of being rejected and humiliated so i can never be exposed being wrong is being exposed have you ever been wrong of course you have was it an exposing experience of course it was was it unpleasant? Yes, absolutely. And that's the exposure, the very exposure we do not want. It's where we're at our most vulnerable, you could say, is where we're wrong. We don't know. And then what happens? Oh, oh. What happens is somebody sees me this way, floundering around, not knowing what I'm doing. I don't have the right thing to say. I don't already have the right action. I'm wrong and I don't like it. I choose to be self-conscious and right rather than become what I could be. And so I'll abandon. I'll sacrifice the kind of future I want and stay self-conscious and stay right behind that mask. I'm inadequate, I'm wrong, so therefore I'm self-conscious. I'll hide behind this. I'll choose or pretend to be right and fight. I can never be wrong. And the pressure that we can put on ourselves is intense, so intense it crushes people. Absolutely crushes people. And it's crushed you for sure, somewhere along the way, it's crushed you. And it's cost you a lot. 
And what it's cost you is a relationship for sure, somewhere along the line, that you sacrificed a relationship to be right. And that's still happening right now. If it's happened in the past, it's happening right now, and it'll certainly play out in the future. And one of the ways in which we can play this out is our relationship to disappointment. That I'm right about my high expectations and perspectives and my place in the world. And if I don't get what I want, what I want, how I want, when I want, I'll be disappointed. And I'll share this with you until I get what I want. And if you don't give me what I want, I'll simply cut you out of my life. And that's how we can be. It's a brutal stance. And there's people in your life that know you that way. Absolutely. Ooh, you're tough. Ah, so tough. <laughs> and we can be so tough, we'll be so alone. That's the ultimate consequence. By being so tough, we'll be so alone at some point. The very place we do not want to be. So we get to be right and we get to be alone. <laughs> ah! And the only person that's around to be disappointed in is the self. And that's a very unpleasant experience. And so it's costly. It's very costly. Coming from this place that we always have to be right and using the weapon of disappointment to get what we want. Because ultimately it's forcing or cursing everything else around us to change. And we don't have to. And you could say that is in opposition to this practice of yoga. Yoga is, yoga is so much about change. You think about what you do through your practice, how many poses you do. <laughs> You're constantly changing as we are. And if we're in opposition to that, we're in opposition to yoga. You could say your opposition to evolution, transformation, life itself. And we can be in opposition to all of that, certainly through disappointment. I'm not saying never to be disappointed, there's a time and a place to be disappointed, absolutely. But if that is, if we're the one that's perpetually disappointed, that's a problem. And we are the problem. <laughs> it's not beyond our skin. It's the skin in. We're the problem when we're perpetually disappointed. And so I have a question for you, just to make this right for you. If you think about your experience around disappointment, what disappoints you the most and consistently? Is it someone? I mean, the easy answer would be, it's well, it's me. <laughs> We're perpetually disappointed in ourselves, for sure. But beyond you, is there something or someone that you're perpetually disappointed in? Sure. Yeah, just like, I don't know, is there, is there something? You could just say it, you know. Like a sentence. Okay. Yeah, with your partner. Okay, great. Yeah, the dance you do. Okay, uh, that dance. Yes. Okay, good. Who else? My mom. Mom. Okay. Thanks for that. Anybody else? Your band. 
Okay, good. Thanks for that. I thought you said you're dead first. Oh my gosh. You're banned. Okay, good. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, you're in silence? Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you want to raise down, it's a fair. Yourself? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That works. Yourself. Yes, it kind of goes that way, doesn't it? Yes, damn it. Yep, we are the source. <laughs> yes. All right, getting serious. There's a paper here. All right. <laughs> yeah. My dad. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Not the easiest thing to say out loud, right? It's just like, ew, you know it well. You know your relationship to it. And it's there. You could consider it's there in one way. I mean, it's there for various ways, but in one way. Because you get something from it. You know, we keep things around in our lives because we get something from them. And it's our unique way in which we torture ourselves. And so as we torture ourselves, we have a tendency of torturing other people. <laughs> it's kind of the way it goes. And how unskilled that is, you could say. We're skilled in some ways. We're skilled in our relationship to, relation, uh, to disappointment. But it's also unskilled. because it doesn't give us access to what we want and the kind of relationship we want in particular. And you know, what you just laid out, the people that you're disappointed in are important people in your life. Otherwise it wouldn't be in your life. And so you have a problem. It's like, okay, how to, how to sort this problem out. And why is this relevant to the yoga practice? If you're able to sort yourself out on your mat, if you're able to solve a problem on the mat, then you can do that somewhere else, like in this relationship you just identified. It's very difficult to do that. One of the reasons it's so difficult is what you'll notice is that you're wrong. And you don't like that. Who likes being wrong? And so there's an element to your approach with this particular individual where you're wrong. That's the consideration. You're not as right as you think you are. And that's an interesting stance to take. On the second board, learn to be wrong, which is a brutal teacher to learn how to be wrong. Huh? Oh, I've been getting that lesson a lot. I could say in my life, but certainly of late of how wrong I have been for so long. And my wrongness <laughs> has converged and I'm working through some unique issues currently that are deeply unpleasant but are necessary for me to sort out. And I'm noticing where I'm wrong and allow that to be part of my process. And it's painful. And so there's some distinctions here. Being wrong is painful. Although difficult, being wrong is a humble teacher. <laughs> and there's a lack of humility typically in our relationship, it's a disappointment. And so our ability to be humble, to embrace some humility in these experiences is what's key. You'll need that on your practice, in your practice on your mat, for sure. 
because it's a humbling practice, yoga in and of itself. Oh, that is for sure. What you'll find is where you're wrong is where your character is tested. You have some difficult decisions to make, knowing that you're wrong. <laughs> it's like, damn, now what do I do with this? Everything I thought was true is maybe not so true. Now what do I do? I'm standing in the abyss. Maybe I actually don't know myself all that well. Maybe I don't know this person all, all that well. Maybe I don't even know what I'm doing all that much in this relationship. And it is a test of character of what you're going to do. Are you going to hold on to your righteousness and force yourself upon the other? And we can do that. We can make up the evidence we need to keep this person wrong and us right. We do that all the time. I don't need facts. <laughs> we'll just make stuff up. What you also find is <clears throat> that every time you're tested, you'll both learn and fail. And that's also difficult. You're going to learn something about yourself and you're also going to fail trying to undo where you've been wrong for so long. And you'll fail along the way as we do. We'll stumble. You've stumbled in the past. You're stumbling somewhere now in your life. And it's showing you how wrong you are when we're stumbling along, trying to figure ourselves out. And that's the part of us we typically hide. Concerned about our own inadequacies and people seeing how inadequate we are and how wrong we are, all the while pretending that we're right. Maybe you'll learn that your perspective is skewed and perhaps your goals are wrong or your approach is flawed or your expectations are too high or your expectations are too low. I don't know. But what you'll notice is something is off in your approach. You'll notice it in one area of your life, and that's good. And then you'll start to notice it in other areas of your life. And soon you'll realize it's you. And damn, that doesn't feel very good when that's the case. Either way, you'll learn something useful and also experience failure as you attempt to remedy the problem. Because it's going to take some time for you to sort yourself out. If you think about this relationship you just identified and how long you've been in it, it's been a while at least. You've been in a relationship with your partner, 10 years. You've been in a relationship with yourself for how long? 34 years. You've known your mom for your, <laughs> your dad for quite some time. How long have you been in your band? Forever. <laughs> Forever. And so on and so on and so on. So this is something you've been dancing and tangling with for quite some time. And you figured a lot out, but there's also things you haven't quite figured out yet. And then the consideration is that there's a part of you that is deeply committed to being right and holding that righteousness in this relationship. And it's keeping you from learning the various different things you need to learn about this relationship so you can have the kind of relationship you want and to strip out the disappointment. Disappointment is not good for you. It's not for, good for the other. It's not good for anybody for too long, especially if it's lingering or it is encased the relationship, which is what's most common. It just encases the relationship and it deadens it. So learning to be wrong is an interesting endeavor and it's necessary. And what's useful what we have identified this morning is there's something you know you need to learn in this relationship. And the question is, are you willing to learn it? And ideally, yes. 
And part of this is posturing yourself to withstand the pressure that comes along with such an endeavor, such a great adventure of being wrong. It'll collapse you. And that's okay. Because what you'll notice is that you're, you have the capacity to put yourself back together. How do you know that? Yoga, Yoga exactly. <laughs> you're constantly collapsing and putting yourself back together. Every pose, every pose, every pose. So you already have the practice and how brilliant. And wouldn't it be something to redesign this relationship? I'm not suggesting you've not been trying. I'm sure you have been. But there's more work to do, obviously, as it goes. And so to use your practice wisely, to move into your hips, to rid yourself of disappointment and sadness, all the ways in which you coerce, compulse, and attempt to manipulate relationships, so much so you become codependent on that kind of relationship. To rid yourself of that, do that over the next 60 minutes. You ready for that? Mm, mm -mm. Okay. Could you find yourself in this conversation? Relevant? Make sense? Oh, how exciting. Okay. Thanks for being in it. Let's practice. Absolutely.